0: See, if you listen to this podcast, if you read the Tampa Bay Times, if you go on TampaBay.com, you would have known that the Bucs were going to franchise Chris Godwin for a second time if they couldn't reach a long-term deal with him, and that's exactly what had happened. And I, there were a lot of people, Steve, that were kind of panicking. I don't know panic's a word, like bummed out, uh, bum-puzzled, whatever you want to say, that... Oh my gosh, they, they had to franchise and they didn't get a long-term deal because ideally you'd like to sign Godwin to a you know multi-year extension and then maybe use the franchise tag on you know somebody else, right? Um, and Carlton Davis would have been that guy, I would imagine. But this is not the sky is not falling. Like they had decided, rightly or wrongly, that they could not be without Chris Godwin next season. Period. And he's coming off an ACL. He's coming off an MCL. Bruce Arians says he's about 45% of the way recovered from that. Who knows where he'll be in August or September, if he'll even be ready to play by the start of the regular season. We don't know. But they're betting on Chris Godwin. They're betting that this guy is going to do everything in his power to get back to the player that he was. And they want him on this football team next to Mike Evans. But there's still a week to go, and and for a while it looked as if you know maybe there was a chance that they would get this deal done before the four p.m. deadline on Tuesday. I know my friend Ian Rappaport tweeted out that it was the done deal that they 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 had franchised them when in fact they hadn't. There was still some six hours left, and and I checked with the Bucks and they're like, no, well, it's news to us, we haven't franchised anybody. It eventually came to that, but they did make some progress, I think, and you know there's still. Really, a week before they get to the free agent negotiating period, you know, you have the three days where you can where you can reach agreements with teams, and they're announced, you know, four p.m. next Wednesday. So, not all is lost. I, I think they they have a reasonable chance of getting something long term done. They just simply couldn't do it by Tuesday's deadline, which is not the end of the world. It is nineteen point one eight million dollars on the on their salary cap when the new league year begins because right now they're under or over the salary cap i guess you would say um, which is some 208 million dollars but i i don't think this was as bad a news as everybody sort of portrayed it to be you you know if godwin can come back and it's a big if you've got him for another year possibly more they have until july 15th technically to resign them although you want this done preferably before the start of free agency, because of all the other free agents you have. I mean, this is definitely going to impact how many guys they can bring back. And we know they've got some big names, you know, along with Carlton Davis and you know, both the offensive linemen, Ryan Jensen and Alex Kappa and, you know, Rob Gronkowski, who knows what he's doing. Leonard Fournette, by the way, sort of posted a goodbye to everybody in a way on Instagram if you you don't have to read between the lines too much he was just kind of like hey I did everything I could you know signed it playoff Lenny and all that stuff so i guess maybe he felt that there would be a deal done before he reached free agency maybe they've told him that, that they're not interested i don't really know maybe he was waiting you know,
1: on the franchise tag and
0: or, or that's possible too sure maybe he thought he he deserved that or or that he was in the mix with that and they would reach a long-term agreement with him before tuesday they did not so I don't know where playoff Lenny stands. Look, they don't have – they just have the one running back, really. You know, Ken John Varner's on there, too. But really, it's Keyshawn Vaughn that's under contract. They're going to have to do something at the running back position. But my guess is they'll want to let Fournette go out in the free agency. And if he gets a better deal, he's probably gone. I mean, I've seen his value rated as high as $8 million. I don't think the Bucks are going to pay that for a running back, but we'll see. Um, so the Chris Godwin stuff, you know – a lot of people took it as bad news. I I just think it's what they had to do. They got in their heads that there was one player out of all those free agents they did not want to start the season without. And for Godwin, you know, you know he wants his payday. You know he went through this last year where he was franchised and, and you know he was looking for the hundred million dollar deal, didn't get it, took the sixteen million, and then he tears his ACL. And that's exactly why guys don't like being franchise players because they're one year guaranteed deals. They're not. Um, but not the generational money that they feel like they've earned. And so I can't imagine he wanted to be franchised again. I'm sure he's working towards more guaranteed money, more years, all of that, um, knowing he's going to be in Tampa Bay. But they just simply couldn't get it done in time. So, you know, if he does play for this 19180000 million, they're not going to franchise him a third time because each time there's a penalty. Like, to do it twice in a row, you had to guarantee him 120% of last year's 16 million dollar salary so it's another three plus million so he's at 19 two almost after that if he did it a third time i think he'd be like 24 25 26 million so that's not going to happen so this is the last time he'll be franchised so if he's going to be a buccaneer beyond this season he's going to get a long-term deal and if it's going to help the bucks at all they'll want to do it before the start of the league year which is next week uh next wednesday so There's still plenty of time to work this out, um, to get an agreement done. We'll see. A lot of players were franchised, of course, as expected um, on Tuesday. But that was not the news. (laughs) Wow. Did things erupt and escalate in a hurry? I mean, I thought the Aaron Rodgers thing was going to be the deal, right? Aaron Rodgers, it was Mm -hmm. reported that he was going back to Green Bay. He confirmed that. He did not confirm Mm -hmm. that he had signed anything or actually reached complete terms with, with the Packers. I think they're trying to work some things out to lower his cap value. Um, but it looks like it's going to be four years, maybe $200 million, maybe $150 million guaranteed. That could take him to the end of his career. Uh, he could be a Green Bay Packer for life, as it turns out. So all the hand-wringing and, and everything else, you know, they say it's not about the money. turns out it might have been about the money. They franchised Devontae Adams, so he'll be coming back with him. And so the band is back. They're going to lose some players, too, especially when Rodgers signs that deal. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers will have, you know, a couple more chances to try to get that second Super Bowl for the Green Bay Packers. And no sooner did you think that Aaron Rodgers was the news of the day than he wasn't. Here was the blockbuster trade. And this is one of the quarterbacks that the Bucks certainly had interest in, had him on their list. He wasn't first. That was Rodgers. He wasn't second. Believe it or not, that's Deshaun Watson. He was third, and that's Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson goes to the Denver Broncos, and Seattle got a haul of picks and players. Um, They got two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-round pick, and they also got quarterback Drew Locke from the Broncos, tight end Noah Font and defensive lineman Shelby Harris and Denver gets Wilson and a fourth rounder back. That's a lot of capital I guess for Russell Wilson who's got I believe two years left on his contract but I'm here to tell you I, I don't see how Seattle wins this this trade in the future. I, I just th- This is not a quarterback draft. It's not a great quarterback draft. Now who knows right? Maybe there's a diamond in the rough um, and and I don't know that they're going to draft a quarterback either. Uh, perhaps they'll package all these picks and end up with, you know, Deshaun Watson. We'll see. We'll see what Seattle ultimately has in mind for their quarterback position. I, I sure as heck don't think it's going to be Drew Locke. If it is, God help them. And I don't know how they're going to be competitive with San Francisco, with the Rams, with Arizona now that they've traded Russell Wilson. But well, you talk, and, and hold on, they yeah. also are cutting Bobby Wilson. They're cutting, and they're cutting Bobby Wilson, which looks like a rebuild. It total is a rebuild. rebuild.
1: I mean, it's a, yeah. I mean, it's a complete rebuild. Bobby Wagner, Bobby or, Wagner. I'm sorry, Wagner, Wagner yeah. Wilson, yes, yes.
0: Yes. Russell yeah. Wilson, Bobby Wagner. There you go. <laughs> the W's. The W's got, wW got cut. And so, you know, when you do that, and this guy's made like nine Pro Bowls or something like that, um, that's a signal to your fans. I mean, if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan right now, you're in the dumps. You are in the dumps. On the other hand, if you're a Denver Broncos fan, you think you're the L.A. Rams or the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's the kind of – I mean, look, they were a 7-9 and nine team. They lost to Cincinnati by less than a touchdown. Um, th- there's two or three teams they lost that were playoff teams by less than a touchdown. Pittsburgh, I think, was one of them. And they got pieces. And you add Russell Wilson to that organization – I think you're an instant Super Bowl contender, except... How about that division? The division. (laughs) I was going to get to that. Forget the NFC West. The AFC West just became the toughest quarterback division. I mean, let's put it this way. When Derek Carr is looking up at everybody and is the worst quarterback (laughs) in the division, you've got one hell of a division, man. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes, he's been to a couple of Super Bowls, Mm -hmm. 1-1. Russell Wilson now, and Justin Herbert, who isn't... Who's you know just right there with Josh Allen, right there with really Mahomes and all those guys, and then oh my goodness, I mean that that is absolutely loaded. It's going to be fun in the AFC West. It's going to be tough to win, but I I can't wait. I think Russell Wilson to Denver is is genius, and of course he had a no trade clause, so he had to sign off on that. Apparently that was one of the places that he was uh comfortable with eyeballing, whatever.
1: I'm not asking for a trade, but here's
0: the teams I'll go to. You mean that that, that kind version of version of, yeah. of Russell Wilson that he did last year? Well, and even you know, Pete Carroll was at the uh combine, you know, just last week when we were out there in Indianapolis and he got up on the podium and he said, you know, anytime a coach says something like, We're not looking to trade Russell Wilson or we you know, something to the effect of you know, because we have no intention. Is, no intention We have no intention. Trade. We're not intending. We don't have any intentions of trading Russell Wilson. Well, yeah, until they offered you everything and then some. It's like, yeah, it was not our intention, but you know, I have no intention of selling my house, and I mean that. So you don't have to knock on my door, even for a million dollars. I won't sell my house, and that's what they're going for these days. But if you offered me two or three million, I'm selling it. I'm just telling you, the moving van's coming. So um, I think, I think they had a pretty good idea, you know, that that Wilson would be on the move. They've certainly talked to him about it the last couple of years. They had to talk to him about Denver uh, when that came about. The Washington football team, by the way, the uh, I guess we don't have to call them the football team anymore. They're now what, the commanders? commanders. Yeah. The Washington commanders were offering three first-round picks, I believe. But Seattle did not want to trade to an NFC mm-hmm. team. And that's what we have said all along. You know, mm-hmm. the people that – play fantasy football um, and get on, you know, social media and start talking about, well, we get Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay. Well, what about Russell Wilson from Seattle? I didn't think Wilson would be traded. I have said that. I I just don't see the upside. You know, Pete Carroll, 71 years old. When's the next time that the Seattle Seahawks are going to be competitive in that division? I, I don't know that they will be. It, it's, they're gonna. You're gonna have to show me the quarterback. Like I said, they pull off a deal here or there, and maybe Deshaun Watson clears up his trouble and he ends up in Seattle. Okay, I'll, I'll buy that. But I don't know what their plan is at quarterback. Maybe it'll reveal itself. It certainly can't be Drew Locke. Um, I'm surprised that you know that they they blew it up. But that's what they did. They blew it up in Seattle. And if you're a Seahawks fan, man, you got to be down in the dumps. You know, on the other hand, Denver reminds me, you know, good defense, uh, some pieces on offense, reminds me of the Rams, reminds me of the Buccaneers. I think I think Russell Wilson can do that. The trouble is the division. The trouble is Kansas City. Um, all those teams are really good, and they all have good quarterbacks. So it's – look at just the AFC in general. In the NFC, I can tell you right now that the Rams and – Obviously, the Packers, and we'll see what happens with Dallas because they're always right talked about and always relevant somehow. One of those three teams is probably going to win the NFC, and I don't have a clue what's going to happen in the AFC. It is loaded, loaded with good quarterbacks, just absolutely loaded with them, and good young ones for the most part, and now Russell Wilson, who's not so young, but regardless – um, the NFC is there is there for anybody's taking. If you had that guy, and guess what, the Bucks don't have that guy. They just don't. By the way, the Broncos do play at Seattle this year. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Well, it'll be you know it'll be like Tom Brady going back to New England, you know, except they don't have a Mac Jones. We'll see. You never know about the draft. I mean, this it's such an inexact science. I mean, people evaluate these guys. Um, I think there's some serviceable quarterbacks in in this draft i don't know that we're going to know it right away you know is, is malik willis going to be the dude you see that guy that's mm-hmm. you know out of liberty that's you know got all the physical tools a strong arm can run a little bit i don't you know can he pick it, can he pick it? looks really good he should be the, he's really the, the 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 sort of the cream of the crop i guess in this draft your guy from cincinnati Desmond ridder did very well at the he, senior bowl terrific in combine too mm-hmm. yep he really athletic really really uh you know a winner that can that can do some stuff from the pocket there could be a guy uh, again it all it all depends on where you go sometimes if those quarterbacks get pushed down and they rarely do but if they get pushed down and they go to a better team they can have a much better career it, it the quarterback position to me in the draft is a crapshoot. it's 50 percent bust rate no matter what but i think I think the bust rate seems higher because the better the player, the worse team he goes to. And if Ben Roethlisberger goes 11th to the Steelers and they have a really good team with Jerome Bettis and a really good defense, he's in the Super Bowl in a couple of years and wins it. Um, on the other hand, you know, if Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville and they're god-awful and Urban Meyer is the coach and it's a it's a dumpster fire his first year, good luck. You may never hear from Trevor Lawrence again. Um you know we've seen that before, the, the David cars and, and and some of these quarterbacks. So it's really the luck of the draw, kind of where you go. And one of these guys might go low enough to a good enough team, with, and they put players around them with good coaching or continuity. That's the other thing you have to have the continuity of of the staff. You know we talk about Blaine Gabbert all the time. It's still one of the most amazing stats. The dude was you know a first round pick of of the Jaguars. I think he was like tenth overall or something like that. He literally had eight offensive – or eight head coaches in his first eight years and like nine offensive coordinators. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine every year being told you got to learn a new language? This this year you're speaking French, then Italian, then English, then Mandarin, Chinese, and so on. Because that's kind of what it was like. Like you want to kill a quarterback, that's the way you do it. And, and I don't know how good Blaine is now at 32, but I know he had no chance uh, as any young quarterback would – with that many different systems on bad teams um, in Jacksonville the way he was. So what does that leave for the Bucs? What does this mean for them? I I think they're in trouble um, at the quarterback position. I think they're going to end up with free agents. Deshaun Watson is the last guy. And in the way they ranked them, they did. they said there was about eight, including players that might be traded. And we'll still see, right? Somebody could still fall out of the weeds. But they, they they did the work on about eight. The first ranked one was Aaron Rodgers. No surprise. Best quarterback that possibly could have been available. And what did he do? He re-signed with his team. Put everybody, you know, through the drama for two years. Made a lot of money. Made a lot of money for, uh, for certain radio hosts, uh, podcast hosts or whatever. Um, and... He stays in Green Bay. And so all that drama, all that, okay, fine. And then, you know, there was talk about Wilson. They're really, they had, they had Aaron Rodgers ranked first. For the Bucks. just for the Bucks, Deshaun Watson, they would put it second. And the reason is he's 26 years old. Now, you don't know if you can trade for him. You don't know if he's going to jail. You don't know if he's going to be suspended. And you sure as hell don't know, or maybe they do know, whether the owners will sign off on, on his sort of problems, right? Um, because there's you know what, 22 women that you know have civil cases against him for for various things, sexual assault, whatever, uh, and 10 criminal complaints on some of those same ladies. And he's supposed to have a deposition later this week. It looks like his lawyer uh, was it Rusty Hardin has said that Wilson will or um, Sean Watson will plead the fifth. So he's not gonna, he's really not going to testify or give depositions with respect to all that. I don't know that that's going to help him. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But if those cases aren't settled, if that situation persists, you're right where you were for an entire year. They tried to trade him all the way up until the deadline a year ago. Couldn't do it. And he spent a year getting paid $10.5 million um, refusing to play, and, and the Texans gladly not playing him. This year, it's like thirty-something million dollars that they would eat. They're not going to eat that. They're going to do everything they can to get him out of there. I just don't know when that would be. Ideally, I mean, you couldn't go past the draft, I don't think, or then you're back into the trade deadline back in October. Um, so I think ideally he gets this behind him before the draft, and maybe somebody takes a bite, you know, and and goes and, and takes him and just says, "We'll roll the dice on the the suspension part." Um, we're comfortable with him as the face of the franchise. It's going to be a tough press conference. It's going to be something that, you know, the owners have to be able to to take that heat. Um, and there will be a lot of it. I I personally believe that the coaching staff is okay with Watson. I mean, the ones the ones that make the decisions. I think Bruce Arians has known him and liked him for years. None of them can figure out how he got into this mess. It did not seem like his character. They've They've all told me, this was not. This is not an Antonio Brown. This is not a guy whose background would indicate, yeah, you know, you could have seen this coming. Um, you know, he grew up what poor in Georgia. I mean, he was one of the recipients of Warwick Dunn's home for the holidays. You've seen that story before, and you know, just class all the way through Clemson, um, pedigree Heisman, you know, just Heisman Trophy finalist, um, national champion played in a couple of those, one one right here at Raymond James. I mean, there's all the boxes are checked, and then when he got in the NFL, he, he ripped it. I mean, it, you know, the three full years that he started, he was in the Pro Bowl. The last year that he played a full season, two years ago, he led the NFL in passing. And he had, like, 33 touchdowns and, like, six interceptions. I mean, he was phenomenal. So he's a talent at 26. You're not just getting a guy – Even if he's suspended for, say, as much as half the year, which I don't think is possible, but let's say he was, you know, you're getting him for five, six, seven, eight, maybe ten years um, of a franchise guy. He's going to play someplace, and maybe it doesn't matter because they'll have trouble getting any value for him with, with his problems, but I think the Texans would prefer, much like Seattle preferred to trade Russell Wilson, to Denver rather than Washington, trade him out of the conference. Texans are in the AFC. Maybe they would prefer to trade him to an NFC team. There's still a lot of teams that want quarterbacks now. You know, there's we, we talked about this for weeks on this podcast. There's probably 12 to 14 teams looking for quarterbacks. And now that 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 pot just got a lot smaller. That pool just got a lot smaller. There could be some others fall out that we don't know about. You know, for example, and I, I have no reason to, to believe this, but it's possible because I know – the bucks have looked at him and he's on the list um if cleveland for some reason fell in love with one of these quarterbacks in the draft and somehow they maneuvered you know to get to get one of them um maybe baker mayfield is available at some point you know that's one of the guys that they they did work on and i'm not saying these are their their first choices they're they're not but, he, but he's one of the eight guys that, that you would look at. Um, so you just, you know, we're still a long way from the draft. We're still a long way certainly from August. But it's looking more and more to me, you know, like you're probably going to end up, you know you have Kyle Trask, you're probably going to re-sign Blaine Gabbert or attempt to. He's a free agent too. He has choices as well. Though I can't imagine if, if he thought he had a legitimate shot to compete in or win the job at 32 with this team, with this offense that he knows in the last three years he's spent here, I can't imagine he would sign somewhere else. Um, It may not be for starters' money. It may be something that's highly incentivized per start, but I think he's going to be back here. And now you're looking at another free agent to come in and compete with him. Is that Mitch Trubisky? Is that Teddy Bridgewater? Um, You know, there there was talk, I think, on Tuesday night, I was reading – some of the guys, the NFL Insider, saying that a possibility that Trubisky might be in the mix with the New York Giants who have Daniel Jones. And they've said nice things about Daniel Jones. Like, we've done everything to wreck this guy. You know, Daniel Jones could fall out of the mix. You know, that's what I mean. Like, we're not at the end of the road yet with these quarterbacks. There's going to be guys changing teams for sure. Um, and we, you know, haven't even mentioned Jameis Winston until just now. He, too, is going to be a free agent, and that's what I was told by, you know, one of the coaches, like, hey, how long when you get on this list of free agents before you get, and you say, you know what, that dude over there, Winston, is the best one left. If he's the best guy left, and maybe Gabbert goes somewhere else, or you're not comfortable, you know, I don't think Bruce wants him. He made that clear the other day. He said he wouldn't be totally opposed to it, but he'd hate it for Jameis. That's a nice way of saying, I really don't like the idea, but he's going to go somewhere. You know, they're talking about him in new Orleans. You know, do they want to bring him back, um, for the saints? Would he go to Pittsburgh? Uh, again, a lot of teams with quarterback needs and it just got a little more, you know, clear as far as that picture goes. Um, but I'm bullish on Denver. I, 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 I don't know how they'll measure up against the Kansas city chiefs and maybe there'll be a learning curve for Russell Wilson there. But, um, I, th- I think that's a good situation. I would like to play there. That'd be, that'd be fun. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's
1: legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, What the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass- so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at
0: mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: So Steve, you uh, were at the Tampa Bay Lightning game, or at least monitored that game, produced that game from afar. They were in Winnipeg, and eh? the Jets. the Jets are like a... 500 team a couple games over 500 i guess you would say they're not they're not god awful for for sure i think they're eight points out of a playoff
1: spot going
0: into tonight
1: in the western conference
0: yeah not bad Uh, a vesna trophy winner in fact two of the last three vesna Mm -hmm. trophy winners were in in winnipeg in that game Mm -hmm. but it is now you know is now a habit and and it was a trend then a habit now it's a problem the tampa bay lightning are not starting games very well and that's an understatement. And boy, did they not start well on Tuesday night. I mean, jeez. Uh, I'm sitting here watching the game. It's it's 3-1 early in the first. Mm-hmm. Early in the first. And remarkable the way they were able to come back and, and score quickly uh, to make it 3-3. And then there were no goals in the second period. But this has happened time and time and time again. And they all they've talked about it they know what they know that they have to change what they're doing but they're not getting it done so what is what is that thing when you know hey this is unacceptable and we're 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 having trouble starting games but we're not making the right plays we're not we're not taking care of the puck we're not you know getting the rebounds and getting them out of there or you know they're they're spending too much time in our zone to start games what is it that gets you out of that slow start mentality Pat Maroon simply said
1: Pat Maroon after the game simply said they're compete. They've gotta they've gotta yeah. be ready. They've gotta, you know, play mm-hmm. harder, they've gotta recommit. It's every person's gotta do their job and mm-hmm. and that. Uh John Cooper spent quite a bit of his press conference after the game talking about the grind this team has been through for the last two years. Um, yeah, and, and how much hockey they've played in this, and uh, you go through this at times and seasons, and is it worrisome? Yes, is it panicking? No, this is a veteran group that that knows what to do. Uh, you know, I, I, and you know Phil Esposito and Dave Michigan were talking after the game. You know, I I think this is more mental than it is physical. Mm-hmm. I I I don't know if it's the last two years have caught up to them. I don't know if it's just the the grind of looking ahead at eleven games in eleven cities mm-hmm. that this was night two of There's yeah. one home game of those eleven uh, you know or just coming off a break and just not not i, I don't want to say mentally engaged because that's not right, but you know they're in a, they're going to make the playoffs barring a i mean a catastrophic you know collapse in in the second half here or the with the remaining 25 whatever six games is left they're going to make the playoffs they don't care where they finish it's get in the playoffs that's all they care about they mm-hmm. they're start they're in the beginning of 31 games in 60 days it's a grind and with everything that this team's been through the last few years maybe mentally right now they're uh, checked out's not fair and and, and not accurate but
0: they're fatigued. Just, just struggling, I, you know. Yeah. I, and I don't think it's so much physical. I think it's more mental. That's what I mean. It's mental fatigue. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree with you. They should be mm-hmm. – look, they had a lot of time off, so the legs should be mm-hmm. good. You know, they should be physically into it. And it doesn't look like they're they're slow or they're not, you know, engaged. They are. Um, I would agree with you. I, I think Cooper's right. I think, you know, and it sounds like an excuse, but it's probably a damn good one, is that they played a lot of meaningful hockey. And they kind of know – They're not on cruise control, but they kind of know they're going to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Is it important that they win their division and have home ice? I mean, they haven't done that the last two years that they've won Stanley Cup. So, no, it's not the be-all, end-all, for sure. I I Um, mean, they did enjoy
1: having home ice against the Islanders last year for Game 7.
0: True. Oh, absolutely. But do
1: they need home ice to win? No. No. But I I think they're just in a, you know, I, I mean, I know personally sometimes you get in a rut where you're just like, you're doing your job. Are you executing it at 100%? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're doing it, but it's, you know, you just you get in those grinds, those ruts, and, and it just seems like collectively – I mean, you know, we forget last year, the last couple weeks of the season, they did not play very well. Right. And particularly well, the two games against Florida to end the season – Mm-hmm. and, and you know, they took a couple of players out. They had some injuries and such, but they played really poor, and everyone like, oh, my, this is the end. And then they came out and win game one of the playoffs. And, you know, I mean, I think Cooper's right. I mean, you know, whatever this is, whether it's just a mental block, whether it, whether there's some physical ailments, maybe there's some injuries we don't know about that are mm-hmm. affecting things, whatever it is, it is, it's not a panic time for the Lightning because they've shown they can fight back. I mean, they get down 3-1 tonight they come back and tie that. Mm -hmm. You know, they were down to Chicago the other night. they come back and win that. Uh, Now, having Andre Vasilevsky behind you helps. No question about it. Uh, Like, in Chicago, I mean, he single-handedly won that game. Even though they they put in six goals. That was all Andre Vasilevsky. Absolutely. Uh, He had some incredible saves again tonight. Mm -hmm. I I, I just look at this as, this is going to be a grind of a road trip. And I think... You know, the goal of any road trip is to, you know, just don't get on losing streaks. You know, if they, you know they've got a tough one in, in Calgary who's probably the hottest team in the Western Conference uh, coming up tomorrow night. So, you know, they haven't lost back-to-back games in regulation all year. They'd like to continue that streak. So they're going to have their work cut out for them. They're going to have to come out, you know, from the jump. and And let's not forget, you know, a lot of these teams they're playing now they haven't seen in two years. And these teams want to take their shot at the back-to-back Stanley Cup champs. Absolutely, they're getting everybody's best shot from the. No jump. question. You know, yep. I mean, this is this is, you know, we may be eight points out of a playoff game, but we're gonna make we're gonna, we're gonna come out flying. Chicago, who's not gonna make the playoffs this year, we're gonna. You know, this is our statement game. This is you know mm-hmm. the defending champs are in town, and we haven't played them in two years for most of these teams. Chicago they had, but a lot of these teams mm-hmm. they're playing they haven't played in two years. So, yeah. it's as a fan, it's frustrating because you know they have better in them, and they've told you that. Ryan McDonough has said that tonight. Pat Maroon said that. John Cooper has said that. They know they have better in them. But as a fan, don't forget what they've done the last two years and the position they've put themselves in this year to have 80 points already through 56 games. You know, they're in it, they're in a great spot. If they go through a little doldrums right now, it's okay. They're gonna be fine, you know. Yeah. Now, you know we, we've still got. What, they're fifty-six games in, so you've got what twenty-six games left in the season. Yeah, there's plenty of time. This, the playoffs aren't going to start till May.
0: These are the dog days. These mm-hmm. are the dog days for Ooh. them, man. And and they and they're on. The, they're starting uh, what they know is a long road trip, or a lot of games on the road. All but one in the next, you know, three weeks or two mm-hmm. weeks or whatever. And you can see that every team is given to their best shot. And now you're at the time of the year where these teams that might be on sort of you know on the outside looking in know they got to get going, know that they have to get mm-hmm. two points every night to stay in it, to get back to climb over some teams that are going to make the postseason. Winnipeg might be one of those teams. Um, and like I said, you know the starts killed them. They did rally back, and they and they're so. The other thing is they're so damn talented, and they know it. That they're not going to panic if they fall behind a couple goals. Mm-hmm. You know they know who they got in net and they know they know they're explosive. Now we saw the other night um, in Chicago where they scored three goals in under forty seconds. I mean, you know it, it was bing bing bing. It was over. So that's the other part of it is they know they have another gear, and sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. Um, you know it wasn't there Tuesday night, but I think Cooper. I think you got to take him at his word. He knows his team. Um, these guys know how to play the right way. They've got to find ways to motivate themselves every single night. They've had the target on their chest for really longer than two years, and it is it is fatiguing, probably. But but mm-hmm. they they you know Maroon said something like he goes, look, you know you don't want to be playing this way going into the postseason. You know you want to start playing the right way, and and even if you're not winning, you want to at least mm-hmm. not you know get pucks away in your own zone and create odd man rushes and do the things that bad teams do. It could have been much worse. I, I mean, they scored three goals in the first period, uh, Winnipeg did, um, jumped on them 3-1, to one. and I'm telling you, two of them hit the post, one hit the elbow, and then Vasi probably made three or four saves that stopped, you know. He stopped another one with the knob of the stick or the handle. He hit another one with the handle, yeah. Yeah, and, his, you know, his coverage, I mean, you know, from, from side to side, I mean, nobody gets to cross the crease as fast as he does, but he made – he made at least three saves that most goaltenders may not have made um, to keep them in that game. And it was, like I said, it was 3-3 three, three after one. Nobody scored in the second. And then they gave up, you know, two pretty quick goals there, including the shorthanded one, which was just a, a terrible turnover. But, um, you know, he, he's just so good, and they know it, and they, they lean on him. But you're gonna have, you're going to have nights like this. They just got to, you know, get back to starting games a little bit better and protecting him a little bit more and making the simple pass and getting it out of their zone, Doing, they know what to do. It's not as if this is not a mystery why they're playing this way. Um, they just got to commit to it and grind through it, like you said. Um, and, you know, uh, we'll look up probably in a month. Once they can see – once you can get to where you can see the playoffs, once you can see the end of the season, um, that's really what you play for. You know, they're playing for cups. And, and nothing less than that will really suffice because when you've been to the top of the mountain – you want to keep tasting that and you don't, you know, you're not happy with just making the playoffs. You're not happy with just making the finals. Um, they're, they're trying to three Pete, they're trying to make history that has not been made during the Sally cap cap era for, uh, maybe forever. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a steep climb, but it was, it was an entertaining game. Uh, it, it, this, those two teams got up and down the ice. There weren't many fights. It wasn't very physical. Um, but it was fun watching it. A lot of goals. I mean, six goals in the first period. <laughs> that was crazy. And then Major League Baseball, I guess they're still talking. They We thought that that if um, business ended on Tuesday without an agreement that more games would be canceled, it was their last chance for a full 162-game season. But I guess they made enough progress where they're going to delay that even further and say there's still a chance to play a full season. Yeah, they're still talking into the night as
1: we record this. Uh, almost at midnight on Tuesday night, so yeah. um, that's a good sign, I suppose. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if a deal will come out tonight, but if yeah. if a full 162 game schedule is still on the the table, um, that's a wonderful thing, and the players particularly because they'll get paid for a full 162 games if a deal is created. So, you know, that's always one of the bargaining chips the owners have is you know once you start taking away games, you're going to take away how much money they make because your salary is based on 162 games. So you play 150 and you lop 12, 160 seconds off that paycheck. Yeah. You know, so by putting that full season back on the table, maybe it's helping make some, some uh, potential deals get done. So
0: seems like they made some progress and there's stuff on luxury tax and categories they've added. And, um, I guess they're going to put commit some of that to print, which is always, always a good thing before we get out of here. Um, Man, the best news of the night. Dick Vitale tweeted out that he is cancer-free
1: in remission. So unbelievable. He is, uh, uh, he's uh, you know back to being a or I
0: think, or something like that. So <laughs> just got to get his vocal cords right, man. Yep. He's still still recovering from that surgery, but and his gal is going to be in early May again. So yeah, he'll be ready for nah, that. I think it's great. I mean, Dickie V is so loved, and 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 what he has shared with his you know, was sort of his, um, ordeal. Um, I think really, really put a face, you know, a human face on what people suffer all the time. Um, so many of us know everybody that, that has cancer and, um, some of the, the treatments and things can be very, very, uh, exhausting and make you sick and, and you have to grind through and you need people around you. And he's, he shared his whole, his whole, uh, journey and, um, It's just good news that that he's going to be well. So should we try a mailbag for tomorrow's podcast? I know people have a lot of questions about the quarterback position, about the Bucs, the Lightning, you name it. Yeah, let's get get the mailbag
1: questions in, uh, at SportsDayTV on Twitter or at NFL Stroud on Twitter, or if you
0: prefer to email them, rstroud at com. Sounds great. we got some of those coming in already. So mailbag tomorrow. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Don't panic because Chris Godwin was franchised. They could still get a deal with him coming up here rather sooner than later, and then we'll see where they go from there. Lots of free agents to sign, and I think uh, they will be doing that here uh, pretty shortly. So not all is lost. But it's a big day in the quarterback front for sure with uh, Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos and Aaron Rodgers remaining in Green Bay. For Steve Burstick, i Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.